thumbs. We're going to talk about thumbs today on the show. Jose Ramirez, we finally got the detail. See, I broke my own thumb. That's why the one doesn't bend. Uh, we're going to get into thumbs. We're going to talk about 24 hours later. We're going to talk about some newsworthy players on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. Uh, as you can see, we have a few technical difficulties. Justin is here. He's just he's not turned into a robot or a screen. He's just uh, his camera is not functioning as well. So we're doing it this way. Still better to have him adding his great content than just me solo. So uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Jeff Ellis, the host of Lockdown Guardians. I guess I should you know, move up a little so you can see the where in the gear. Uh, before this, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst that's gotten 24 seven. And before that I wrote for many a Cleveland sports blog, Justin, tell them about your bona fides. I am Justin Latta. Yes. If you're watching on YouTube, you can't see me, but I always had a face for radio anyway. So this works out perfectly. Um, I've been at every Cleveland sports blog as well. ESPN sweet spot fan sided burning river baseball. I now manage guardians baseball insider, formerly Indians baseball insider, formerly Pro- Indians prospect insider where Jeff was. And I also freelance at the Willoughby News Herald and the Rain Morning Journal, covering Cleveland baseball prospects. Today's show, as I said, we're gonna we're gonna get into some thumbs. If you missed the news, uh, we'll just do this briefly. We're gonna talk about more in segment two. We call it tease. Um, Jose Ramirez's thumb never got better. Long story short, like we we're like, what's wrong with Jose? You heard me on the show, be like, this. What's like? Did his swing get messed up? Turns out he tore a ligament in his thumb. The fact that, you know, he played as well as he did with a torn ligament is kind of amazing, but it explains a lot of things. We're going to say everything else about that for segment two. Make sure to tune in. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jess Winker situation as well, just to continue doing some teases. And uh, but for now, 24 hours later, we thought, OK, what do we want to say? How do we feel after 24 hours? What is kind of our stance? And. You know, Justin and I were discussing before the show, and I think, you know, a big surprise, very similar views where this team is in a great position. But, you know, looking at a lot of guys, you know, one of the big things that stands out more than looking at anyone else's health. And, you know, I I talked about it throughout the season. You heard me say a dozen times, like last year, 2021, they were a team that got beat up and lost starters for a significant amount of time. And this year they had, yes, Jose was hurt half the season, more than half the season, but he still played through it. Uh, but for the most part, they were extremely healthy. That's probably not going to hold as well next year. Can they roll it back? And, and there's other factors as well. I don't want to take all of Justin Sunder here, but I, I think that health factor is the first thing that comes to mind. If you want to look at a negative, the positive, I still feel good. I still feel like the year started, you thought, I mean, I thought Ahmed Rosario would probably be gone by midseason because he's on the last year of his deal. Jose Ramirez, I thought, you know, if he doesn't get re-signed, he was going to get traded. And then you had Fran Mill Reyes and then question marks. So I still feel really good about where this team is set up, where it's going. And the overall talent from, you know, the from the rookie ball all the way up to the main roster. Justin, what are your kind of thoughts, feelings? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Things are in going in the right direction. Um, you feel good about the roster from from the major leagues down to about double A, high A ish. We'll see low A. I mean, I, I like the twenty twenty two draft. We'll see how that all plays out. But I mean, how, they're a very healthy organization talent wise right now, especially given the youth of the major league roster and then the prospects they have. Um, down below, and if you really want to believe they have financial flexibility, they've had financial flexibility for, I don't know, a long time, and it's never mattered. So that's neither here nor there as far as payroll is concerned. We'll see what they do with that. But there are many opportunities to improve, you know, different avenues they can take. And it's just about executing and finding trade partners um, for some of these prospects to improve the team. They've just got to make some hard decisions on who they think is a piece of the core and who's a guy they think they can upgrade from. And, you know, okay, we'd like this guy had a great season, but we feel like we can get better this way. We have to do it. Will they make the decision? I don't know. And like you said, they were very healthy. Maybe that has to do with the youth of the roster. Like, you know, younger players, maybe without a track record of being hurt, is a good thing because you know the the best predictor of injury is future injury is previous injury right so um, thank, God, thank goodness that didn't happen to Shane Bieber in 2022 but maybe having a young roster without the mileage is is part of that we'll see and you know we always talk about how prospect development is not linear prospects develop on their own time when things happen naturally um, and the work they put in and just how things flow. And the same kind of goes for team building in the roster is, you know, just because Oscar Gonzalez had this great rookie year, I'm not picking on Oscar Gonzalez. I'm just, you know, making an example, um, you know, it doesn't mean he's got to come out next year and be better and hit 30 home runs and, you know, whatever. Andre Semenis could, could see some regression. Um, there's no guarantee that, that um, Trevor Steffen gets even better next year. I mean, hard to be better, but, but that's my point is, is, Player development's not linear, and that includes young players. You can't just say that, okay, we're going to run it back with the same roster, and we're going to win 95 games, and we're going to go to the playoffs again and give it another shot. Like, you know, that's that's great and all. Maybe they have the talent to do it, but it's never a guarantee that things are going to play out the same way twice. It's hard to get back. That's why I said yesterday. That's why I wasn't going to emotionally invest too much because, you know, this, this season was about growing and learning, and it turned into a winning season, and Boy, when you get to the playoffs and you get close to winning series like that, it's, it just becomes so hard to get back and, and you just want to win when you're there. So that's why I think yesterday was so disappointing. But still a lot of uh, potential ahead. A lot of reason for optimism. Yeah, I, you, you know, just in terms of like something very basic like BAPIP. We know BAPIP uh, can be – shows a degree of luck. It's like – uh, you know, Jimenez had a 371. That's no one has that. That's unsustainable. Got Oscar Gonzalez a 345. Yeah, that's not going to work. Med Rosario at 326. That's actually kind of in line with him. Faster guys can be a little higher. Uh, Stephen Kwan at 323. That could be sustainable. But yeah, Oscar. I think it's just you know when you look at the stats and you just kind of know the players and you know how things typically work. Uh, Jimenez and Gonzalez in that offense. Are, the two who feel most likely to have some regression to mean, uh, do you think that's a fair or an unfair statement? I mean, it could be any, I mean, you're talking about average on balls in play. Like that's all dictated by 
players exit velocity and and everyone's going to get mad for using analytics but in launch angle it's about optimally hitting the ball and those that's the way the player ends up making their own balls on play luck um but and also the reduction of the shift i wonder how that's going to impact things too Mm -hmm. that will change some things either yeah that's going to be you know i i I went through the eno saros piece talking about like who it'll benefit the most like the who rule changes will benefit the most and cleveland didn't have too many players represented in that it was more like who it would hurt because the guardians have a very deliberate pitching staff and they're not always the quickest to the plate um yeah i you know i think that you know it's like and looking at this team uh is it we're not sitting here and being like grumpy gus is the day after or anything like that it's just it's important to realize i mean listen jose ramirez and andres jimenez were these teams were these teams was this team's two best players this year. You know, they follow a very similar career where they both popped in their first year and then struggled in year two, spent significant amount of time in the minors and then found it out in year three and both look like potential stars right now. But it, it, I'm just saving that because it could happen to anyone. Like even, you know, Stephen Kwan feels kind of bust proof just because of, you know, I'm not entirely convinced he's not a Cylon, but anyone it can happen to. We've seen a lot of guys. It's development is not a straight line, as you said. And I just think it's always important to keep that in mind. The one thing that I will say that is the night side of this is man, the depth in the system is just going to be kind mm-hmm. of the great catch all because this isn't a situation where like, remember when Francisco Lindor was hurt and Jose Ramirez was beat up and we had Max Morhoff and Eric Stamets and listen, Eric Stamets has had a few more opportunities with other teams. He's a great defender. There's some Johnny, uh, McDonald to that profile, but like, I mean, that was, that was born of desperation and having no other options. Like we had just let Ernie Clement go. Ernie Clement was a better prospect than Eric Stamets. Like it, it's a, a much nicer situation than he, even when this team was last in the postseason. and it's, they promoted guys, but it's not like they really trade outside of the Miller trade. You know, the Lucroy trade came back. It was always minor stuff on the fringes. It's not like they ever were willing to, um, knock their system out or really go and trade away every piece. They kept some players, they kept some pieces. So this is this nice situation where, I mean, even if they go out and make an all in move that they still will be fine. The depth is still ridiculous. So it'll be okay. Uh, any final thoughts before we take our first break, swing into segment two and come back and talk about Jose and his thumb. Well, you're just talking about guys who are beat up 2019. I remember going to a series at the nationals, uh, where their lineup included um, Ryan Flaherty and Adam Rosales and Andrew Velasquez and Mike Freeman. And that was just gross. I never want to see that again. I mean, things are much better since then. And 2019 wasn't a horrible year, which is funny. It's, I mean, at the same time of it, it's like the angel started Andrew Velasquez for a lot of games this year, like a lot of games this year. And that's a team that has a huge payroll, goes out and signs massive free agents, but doesn't develop, has almost nothing in system and is just a complete train wreck. So it's, you know, you can see what happens when you don't have depth, uh, which is, I mean, what this team has in spades. Let's, let's go ahead and take that break. Like I said, we'll come back talk Jose, uh, talk some injuries, get into the, the Jess Winger situation is, is just crazy. If you have not, gotten into it so make sure you, you come back to hear all about that on today's show but our sponsor one of the fantastic people that help keep these lights on should i should i do a 
Thank you. You're keeping the lights on, not off. Uh, our own. These, it's one of the brand new sponsors. We love brand new sponsors. Roan makes a nice, well-made shirt. They are all about quality. You are getting a shirt that should last for a long time. It is, you know, it's meant to breathe. It's meant to be flexible. It's kind of like, almost like when you read the the stuff and you go and you look, it's like a, a, a fancy second skin. It's it's something on you that's going to feel very it's going to feel good. It's going to, it has anti-stink technology or anti-odor as they call it. So it, it's, you know, flexible. It has stretch and it comes right back. It's giving you that extra mobility you might need. There's so many great things about this shirt. It's the shirt of tomorrow. Now, if you want to buy the shirt of tomorrow today, well, you want to head to Roan. That's Roan, R-H-O-N-E. The commuter shirt can get you through a workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com backslash locked on and use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order. When you head to R H O N E.com backslash locked on use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. And again, it's the shirt of tomorrow. So make sure you order it today. So, you know, I talked about this. I've shown my thumbs. If you're not on YouTube, you're not seeing me. I can't bend my right, uh, my, my left thumb because I broke it playing third base. Uh, and then I took the cast off myself with a hammer and screwdriver. Uh, Cause you know, it was the nineties and uh, I was 13. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was difficult to do, but yeah, I mean, I successfully got through a, a good old plaster, not plaster cast, whatever that wrap and junk was, but uh, thumbs, I can speak from personal experience when your thumb is broken just about anything you do feels like someone has taken a hammer to that thumb. And Jose Ramirez, we got the official announcement today that he tore a ligament in his thumb. Not just that it was broken. He tore ligaments in his thumb and he's going to have surgery on it. And then it's going to take six to eight weeks to recover. First question to you, Justin, should he have just gotten this done in the season? So he would have been, cause that's the thing you go back the first, if Jose had kept doing what he was doing for the, until that thumb injury, it would have been a three horse race for the MVP. Like he was, it was at that point in time, it was judge and Ramirez were your top two MVP candidates. He was having his career year. Uh, then the thumb injury happens and he finished the year. So I pulled up the numbers for the people who hate numbers. I'm sorry. Going back to that injury, he had a one Oh seven runs created plus from that point on, which is above league average. That is very good. A two sixty four average two twenty five on base four thirty eight slugging. He was a good hitter. He was no longer transcendent. Uh, Ahmed Rosario had a higher one during that time, as did Josh Naylor, as did Quan, as did Jimenez. Hmm. Should he have just missed two months? Could this team have recovered? I mean, it says he was worth 2.2 war the rest of the year, and they won by more than two games in the division. Could they have still won the division? Would it have been good to give those extra reps to a young player this year? Um, what are your thoughts? And then I will come back around and give mine. I mean... Let's see. That was June. It was mid-June. We're talking, let's see, six to eight weeks recovery. Probably had to go on a rehab stint. So we're talking what? Uh, that's July, all of July. Half so September, of maybe. Yeah, he's come back end of August at the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to say that um, no chance Cleveland makes the playoffs without him. Even you're, you're at that point, you're probably turning to Gabe Arias or... Tyler Freeman and, and Tyler Freeman didn't really 
um, get a shot until later in the year. I think he was just coming back from injury on his own. You could say Nolan Jones, but that would be a mess considering he was just coming back at that point too um, from his own injury. And he was trying to get things right at Columbus and they were talking about moving him to the outfield anyway. So I think Arias was your only option. I think, and even, even Arias had some injuries this year. He got hit by a pitch a couple times and he missed time with a broken finger or something. So I don't know. I'm not really sure what the alternative was. I guess the alternative was like Owen Moore, Owen Miller, or cause I'm trying to think of what point Arias was there, but yeah, no, I'm going to say even at a 107 way to runs create a plus um, two wins, which is what league average uh, league average is two wins, right? For the whole season. I mean, for a whole season. So this is like a partial, I mean, he was going to be on pace to be more like a three win player um, with his injury, which is above league average. Yeah, I'm still taking that. I'm and and just for what he means in the clubhouse defensively and running the bases, yeah, I'm still taking. And he look, he still walked eight percent of the time. He chased a little bit more. I think he had some weird mechanics with his to compensate for the thumb issue. Um, man, he had a ten percent infield fly right after that, and before that, it was that was about ten percent. So I guess he led insane. the league in pop ups this year. For, now we know for a reason. Yeah, I would yeah. think that that would be. Is, is directly tied to the, the injury, I would say. So, uh, no, I would still say that, thank goodness, he was able to play through that injury because I don't think they get to where they are without him playing through that injury. Uh, it's, you know, it's hard to say because it's the whole idea of, like, yeah, they won by much more than two and a half games. They won this division going away. But without having Jose as an anchor, are they able to do I mean, statistically, it says yes. Statistically, it says that this is a team that could get there without him. Um, because there was enough other pieces to toe the line. Yeah, uh, Arias missed, what, um, most of July with that injury. Like you said, Jones was, I mean, kind of moved around to other positions. I think that's the one reason you're like, you know, for all of their depth at that time, you know, Freeman had been, had issues in the offseason. Just like you said, it's they didn't have a great internal option. Um you know, if they had someone that made a ton of sense, then maybe it would make more. You're right. It probably turns into Owen Miller. And then what's interesting is, I guess, if it's Owen Miller there, it's like, who becomes the DH option? Like, who do they call up is that guy? Is uh, is it Nolan Jones? Does he stay up here longer? But then, I mean, Owen Miller's role was, he was close to an everyday player um, for a good chunk of the year. Uh, but they would want a right-handed bat, and they really didn't have that. Maybe, maybe... Okay, if, if you want to go full uh, tinfoil, maybe if he had been hurt and missed time, it would have forced the Guardians' hands, and maybe they do go out and make that trade for someone like Brandon Drury who could step in and play some third as he's played. I know he played mostly second base this year, I want to say, but he has played third. It's like maybe they go out and make that trade that they don't make because they have to, and then they have the advantage of having that player afterwards. So... um if they're like kind of competing, maybe it forces their hands to get better. Like I said, Brandon Drury, you and I discussed off air. It's like he would have been an ideal fit for this team. He still would be if they can get him um, at a decent price in free agency. He would have been second on this team in home runs. Uh, he had a great year, and there was, I know, interest in him. But I'm going to say Jose should have had the surgery. I'm going to go against you just so we can disagree on something. Uh, it gives him, you know, a month to kind of get right. And, you know, when he broke his handmate, he was he recovered pretty quickly. Maybe he's actually like back in Cleveland by the end of August. It gives him like a month and a half. And if he is closer to like 
the Jose he was for the first two months, they get past the Yankees in the postseason. And if they yeah, go on, and if they if they go on, they add a player because now they have to. They can't sit on their laurels at the deadline. The like you put Brandon Drury on this team again. Just I'm going to throw him out there because he did get traded. He's an ideal fit and he could play third base. Uh, and he's someone they could have acquired. You add Drury, you add Jose at 100. They get past the Yankees in the postseason. Now the question is, do they make it? If they don't, you know, that's that's essentially what it comes down to. So I'm I'm going to play the long game here and say he should have just had the surgery. He tends to be one of those guys who bounces back so quickly. He works so hard that he would be back. He'd be old Jose by mid-September. Postseason comes. They still make the postseason because they want it going away. And then you have a better lineup and you have a legitimate MVP type of guy in the middle of your lineup to get past the Yankees. And right now they're playing uh, in the postseason. And it isn't Harrison Bader hitting another while well, they're losing another flipping home run. I don't I, He's He's on like dinosaur steroids right now i I, i'm saying dinosaur (laughs) steroids so no one's like oh it's obviously a joke but uh it's he's he is in the zone he is steve avery mark lemke whoever you want to talk about he is he is that zone but yeah that's that's why i kind of go like just have the surgery yeah no i i could see that for sure i'm not sure not sure they make it but you're right it gives you a chance in the postseason um if you could have said that would make them more aggressive to go out and find somebody that fits there. If he's out for a while, uh, I do remember that him coming back from the handmate issue and he had a, he had a, was it the three run shot or a grand slam in his first at bat? I can't remember, but he, just, he had two home supposed runs. To zap power. That's the crazy thing. Like I just, what I remember about the handmate, yeah. you know, and we'll talk Sean Murphy eventually, but it's like he had a handmate injury his, his junior year and it did. It affected his, it's, it's so you know chris shaw future first round pick of the giants who hasn't worked out but it's like it steals your power and then jose comes back and just goes on a tear it was it was humorous because it just never happens that way yeah he didn't finish the year by the way i mean he he couldn't play in that final series at at washington because the the wrist just was not good he sat out for some time and i saw some people saying like oh why didn't jose he didn't have the surgery in june or july why didn't they rest him more after the, the clinch the playoffs? And I gotta be—I'm just gonna say—if it's a, uh, there's no amount of rest that's gonna repair a torn UCL. No. Like he could have nothing sat fixes your ligament, right? So resting him makes no sense. If anything, like yeah, maybe maybe it combats some soreness, but um, if anything, I think he needed the playing time to try to figure out his swing and try to how, how he can, cause obviously he was compensating. We, we noticed that with the pop-ups and everything else, the top hand was flying off when he was sitting right-handed. Um, you know, he was swinging, he was swinging basically with what with, with, with looked like one hand at times. Um, I think he might've even needed that time to play to try to see how he could manipulate his swing to be better and um, make, make it work in the postseason instead of sit and then, go in not being sure of himself. So I'm, I'm sure he there, has. No, there was no amount of rest that was going to fix it. No, I mean, it. yes, <laughs> nothing was going to fix it. I'm sure he was cortisone shot to all heck. Um, just from having, again, experience with some massive injuries. He was probably on all of the good stuff. But yeah, it, it took Jose from, again, he was in the process of a career career year to closer to average. And yeah, like maybe it does give them some incentivization. And that's that's... That's why I'm kind of like get the surgery and 
who knows? Like I said, maybe it would have ended up being the best thing for him, but for all mm-hmm. sides. Um, but I also feel like Jose probably didn't want that. Jose wanted to play. So I think that also came to be a big part of it as well. Um, right. And, you know, I know everyone loves him in that clubhouse. And there's nothing that says that it, as one is recovering, you couldn't have been with the team. Like, it, I don't think that there's a rule that, like, an injured guy has to be away unless I'm missing. Oh, something. Anthony Goes traveled in the playoff yeah. with them. Yeah. So, no, I think he could have still been there. He could have still been part of it. I think it would have been hard for him to not play. Uh, but, yeah, let's take our break, actually, If you, unless you got anything more you want to throw in. On Jose? <laughs> nope. But I, I will say it feels better. Actually, in a way, it feels better knowing that there was an injury because yes. the alternative is he struggled in the second half, and they say, well, he's 100% healthy. No, he's fine. Like Then you're like, oh, okay. Then. As he hits age 30 and, you know, always had kind of a non-traditional build, like they're yeah, you start to yeah. be like, all right, well, let's hope next year things turn around. So now you're like, okay, it was an injury. Um, he was 188 WRC plus in 60 games before the injury. Just an absurd um, pace. 16 homers, 11 steals. Yeah, I, I I feel a little bit better in retrospect knowing going into, into 2023 that the thumb is going to be just fine and the hand's going to be just fine and he's not regressing. Honestly, it was a breath of relief for me. I was like, okay. Like, I saw that, and I, I thought, like, I viewed it as good news. I viewed it as, hey, you know, we know, now we know. Like, we know what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason, and that he'll turn back into, um, you know, league superstar Jose Ramirez, uh, hopefully from here on out. <laughs> we, uh, we're going to take that break, come back, and get into so many people. One of the Guardians' dad, Jess Winker. He was maybe the name I heard the most, and it has been an eventful 24 hour, 48 hours involving uh, Jess Winker. So we're going to get into that on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. And we're back. So, Justin, do you want to tell people about uh, the Jess Winker situation of it all? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, there's, it's still kind of vague, to be honest, but one of the Seattle beat reporters, the Mariners beat reporters went on a radio station and basically said teammates were kind of fed up with him at the end of the year. And there were some coaches and some other people in the organization that were kind of fed up with what was going on. They didn't really get an idea about what it was, but it just kind of sounded like he wasn't putting in the work to like, he was mostly a DH for them for a lot this year because he couldn't play the field. He wasn't good. He didn't put in the work to improve, and it sounded like when he got hurt, there was some issues about like rehabbing, and and he wasn't putting the same amount of work and preparation in other players were, and I guess other players noticed, and the team noticed, and they Scott Service made didn't make the comments about him, but they they seemed like they were targeting him about how we're going to come in, how we're going to work, and what it means to be a Mariner, and all this kind of stuff, and um, if you don't do it, we're going to find guys that do do it, and it was all. Very weird, but that radio, that radio interview and see how the beat report going on and saying the team was kind of fed up with his, with his act um, almost reminded me a little bit of uh, Nick Swisher in a way, you know, mm. I'm not saying Nick Swisher didn't work hard, but there were, you know, he had the added, the weird attitude thing. And uh, some people just didn't like the shtick by the end and he wasn't playing well, so it all didn't work out. So, yeah, I don't know, but he was not a good defender in Cincinnati. So we knew the outfield was a yeah. problem for him. He was really a DH anyway. Yeah. So uh, 
I have a, a fun Nick Swisher story. This reminded me of that. I don't know if I've ever told on this podcast before. Uh, you know, when he was, you know, for the stick got tiresome for a lot of people, but I, I don't think it was as much a stick for him. It was just him. And I always remember we were sitting down there and he was, re- he was always the nicest guy. Always like most major leaguers hate to have to talk to media down there. I just remember us going down there and like, Hey, did you hear about the, I always get the names reversed, the David Murphy deal and just his sadness at his teammate. Like he didn't even try to hide it. He was just, you could tell, Oh, really? Uh, but yeah, I'll say that for as much as people out there, I still see some hate for him. Like, he just was himself. So I'm going to throw that out there. And a lot of guys are not kind to double a uh, minor league media. So, and he was always very upbeat. But yeah. That's my funny Nick Swisher. It's just him like, Oh, sad face. But uh, part of being a, a teammate. Uh, so Winker, the other thing was like, apparently he like didn't want to play in any double headers. Oh. Uh, yeah. He just didn't think that that's something you should have to do. He didn't show up to like all the, like, you know, practices and weight training he was skipping out on team events um the double headers they would not have worked well in cleveland with their with their rain no. off that would have been a disaster no yeah he <laughs> apparently was like i can't play in two games of a double, double header uh he was yeah he was a little prima donna and you know the crazy thing well there's two crazy things one uh if jess winker had come up in the cleveland organization i think the fans here would have hated him because he can't he's an extreme he's a platoon bat and he can't play any defense like he is uh he's absolutely awesome uh against righties right because he's a, a left-hand bat but he mm-hmm. he can't i mean you need to bench him against lefties he is not just a little bad he is awful i mean he is really really bad he's a platoon dh so i always thought it was interesting how much people loved him i get it he always did well in the traditional counting stats um, the interesting thing is, I mean, he is clearly beat up. He was reported by the Mariners today. It's also interesting that like they let out all this negativity slip like the day before it gets announced that, yeah, he just to, so yesterday that all came out today. It gets announced that he's having neck surgery. And then once he recovers from that, he's having knee surgery. So they let, they really buried this guy before he has to go and have back to back surgeries. So there might have been a reason why he didn't want to play in double headers. He might have been trying to play through things just like Jose was. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, if anyone's curious, we went and looked it up. Uh, he, when he came over, he signed a two-year contract. So Seattle, I mean, they can trade him, but they can't designate him for assignment. He's not arbitration eligible. He is he has guaranteed money. Uh, and, and then to me, the other funny thing with all of this is like the Reds were so desperate to cut salary so desperate to keep getting cheaper and cheaper that they may, I mean, essentially the big trade piece for them was getting rid of Eugenio Suarez, Eugenio Suarez in this deal. Uh, Williamson is a solid pitching prospect, but I don't even know if he's amongst their top 10 prospects in Cincinnati. I have to go check that. Uh, it was about cutting money and then Suarez turned back into the guy he was before 2020. And was the real key. It was almost like a complete reverse. Like Winker, what Winker had a negative war this year, and Suarez was amongst the top 15 hitters uh, in multiple categories. Yep. Suarez, they insisted. I think, I think we heard Cleveland was pretty close to a deal or yeah. they thought they were going to trade for him. And at the last, I don't know at what point in the deal it turned into um, <clears throat> that the Reds decided they needed to include Suarez's contract. And obviously Cleveland was like, well, 
we're not doing that because, uh, well, A, the money, let's be honest. And B, uh, he played third base and yeah. they didn't need a third baseman because they had just straight. They, well, I guess at the time they didn't know for sure. I'm trying to think when, no, at that point, no, they didn't have Jose sign. They were trying to sign. No, him. they didn't have him sign. No. So yeah. I don't know how that would have played out, but anyway, um, because his contract know, was, been a bad sign. he made, um, let's see, he made, it was a lot, 11 million last year. So Suarez was essentially owed, uh, 34 million, 36 million, about $36 million owed over the next three years. As he goes age 30, 31, 32, and 33 is a team option with a $2 million buyout. And again, yeah. I mean, there was a time where I called that one of the best, team contracts in baseball but after 2019 i mean listen you throw out 2020 and then but you come back in 2021 and he's i mean those two years combined all of a sudden he's struggling to hit 200 and then this year hey it's a 236 it's not like back when he was a you know a 260 or higher guy at his peak with cincinnati but it's enough because he also hit 31 home runs which he also hit last year and uh but just moving up the 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 batting average making better contact was was it and yeah it's just it's interesting to think back because the number of people who want him and i mean the other side of it is those two awful years batting average of balls put in play 214 and 222 well below expectation uh first career he's at 300 including those two years so he's always had a little bit more batted ball luck because he had some bad batted ball luck i don't know if seattle did something to adjust his swing the Reds have had some interesting analytical history, both good and bad, of who they've hired. So uh, I don't know what was going on with swing mechanics there. But it, it feels like uh, Seattle helped clean his up, and he became a, such a good hitter. Uh, I don't think Cleveland's looking at Jess Winker this offseason. Um, let me call that a, uh, a no for anyone who's thinking, like, oh, maybe they could buy him on the cheap. No. No. Oh. Nope. He would have blocked Stephen Kwan in the first place, so it worked out the way it was yeah. supposed to. 100%. Well, I, do you have any more thoughts? Uh, you know, we just, I know people are like, why are you talking about the Seattle guys? He has come up more than any other name over the last three years of people asking me about a player who is available um, or potentially available in trades. So that's why I thought it was worth bringing up. I'm sure it was the same for you, right, Justin? Yeah, well, I mean, just that and the fact that there, there was a chance they were going to trade for him. They were, they were in on him at the end this offseason. He was one of the guys they they could have acquired. So, uh, bullet dodged, I guess. Yes. Well, that is locked on Guardians for this week or this week for today. Sorry, we still got a show tomorrow. Uh, I, you know, we'll we'll sit down, we'll hammer it out. I think we'll start having some fun. We've got some fun plans for this offseason. Uh, we've already talked about multiple ways we can handle and go with things. We're gonna. We're looking at what has been successful in the past and what are some fun things we can do with a new twist with the co-host and make sure you are checking out daily to see what we're doing here because it's going to be a fun off season because it was a fun season and the future looks so bright. If I had shades, I'd put them on right now and just be that corny. I do not. Maybe I have so, them on. You just can't tell. <laughs> Justin's wearing them. The future's so bright. Justin's wearing shades. Uh, so thank you all for watching. Remember to rate and review. Download. Uh, daily and let's do our YouTube count. Let's see where we are on YouTube. Uh, while I do a 30 second vamp, I did. Let's see. We are at 776. So that so 24. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had a good jump. Don't get me wrong, but help us out. 
you know, if, if you got multiple accounts, subscribe on all of them. If you got someone Tell your friends. who, you know, if your parents don't use their YouTube, but they got a Google, hey, help them subscribe. 224 away. It'll be, it's it's a huge thing for us. So please consider helping out the show in that little way. Uh, and if me how- not being on camera is more interesting for you <laughs> to subscribe, I will do every show like this. If you're watching on YouTube, I don't have a camera today. But if that's more interesting to you, I will keep doing it if it means we get more subscribers. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'll keep making really bad, terrible jokes. Uh, I'll start throwing in the, uh, I'll start throwing in the word showcase every every show just to annoy uh, Justin. If, if You're that so lucky, you can't see my face right now. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll make I'll, I'll make some Will Smith jokes, and we'll really we'll have some fun with it. Um, but in all seriousness, as you know, we have a lot of fun and a good knowledge base, and and it's going to be worth the time so please subscribe and how we end every show go go guardians go